Welcome back to another episode of Defense Wins Fantasy. I am your host, Seth Berger, and we are part of the Fantasy Hawks Podcast Network. Once again, diving into some more IDP conversation. But first, Madden defensive ratings came out for the defensive ends, or edge rushers, basically is what it looks like. And I know it's Madden and they're always stupid, but I figured why not just start the show and go through a little bit of them. We've got some time. It's the off season, you know. So first and foremost, Miles Garrett is number one. So we have that going for us. You know, and Miles Garrett, I'm a big fan of his. I think he's one of the best IDP players that you can have on the defensive line as of now. But tell me how he's a 99 and TJ Watt, who just had... 22 and a half sacks to tie the record is only a 96. It's just, come on, it's ridiculous. Ties the sack record, he gets a 96. Get out of here. Oh, and then, by the way, Von Miller and Khalil Mack are both 92s. That's high, in my opinion, for guys that have not been over double-digit sacks in a while, except that they're older, it's fine. You got new up-and-comers, so make sure that we're taking care of the new up-and-coming players. Demarcus Lawrence, uh, he is sitting at number eight at 90. I think that's pretty fair. I think he's also kind of under the radar in real life. So the fact that he's got that 90 is pretty good. I'll go down the list here. So Miles Garrett's a 99, TJ Watts a 96, Nick Bosa 94, Von Miller 92, Cleo Mack 92, Joey Bosa 91, Cam Jordan 91, Lawrence 90, Chandler Jones a 90, uh, and I'll talk about the last player here in a minute. But the Bosa boys seem to be about right. You know, Nick Bosa's looked better than Joey has in the last year or so. So that's fine. But number 10 is Rashawn Gary. Green Bay Packers. Listen, hey, I think he had a really nice little bit of a breakout season last year. I do not think he's the 10th best player as far as defensive line or edge rusher in the game or in the actual NFL I mean, he's ranked over guys like Trey Hendrickson, Shaq Barrett, Emmanuel Ogba, and even Matt Judon. All those guys, in my opinion, have better chance of being rated over Gary. But that's nothing new with Madden, as they're always ready to screw up the rankings as well as the game itself. I just love for someone to tell me why we have the same glitches that have been in the game for the last four years now, because they copy-paste everything and it's the same game with a different layover it's just let somebody else be in competition to make a game let's just let there be open market and stop letting ea sports get it by themselves anyway that's my madden rant it's like the one game i like playing my friend and it's aggravating as all get out because it's the same issues year over year So I'm ready for something different. Bring back 2K. Anyway, we'll get to the meat and potatoes of the actual conversation that we're having today. And that is our breakouts, busts, and player to watch. Once again, our breakouts are players that uh, I think are going to really step it up this year, go up to the next level, if you will. Busts are players that obviously are not going to repeat performance or they're just on the complete downslide of their careers or 
people that I'm just like, hey, let's get rid of them before they make you sad on Sundays. And then players to watch can be a little bit of a flex between, hey, I really think this guy's somebody you need to grab and put on your roster. Hey, maybe just keep an eye out on him. Or, hey, this guy looks like he's going in the wrong direction. Make sure that you're avoiding him when it comes to your drafts or comes to trades. So with that being said, we're going to start in the AFC West with the Patriots. My bust player is a newly acquired safety, Jabril Peppers. Listen, I've been a big Jabril Peppers fan since he came into the NFL. But he's joining the team from the Giants, which he got traded to from the Browns. After he tweeted out how so excited he was that Odell Beckham was going to be part of the Browns, not realizing that he was actually part of that trade and got sent to the Giants. Ouch. But there's a common theme with him. He's only played one full season uh, out of five. In fact, last year he only played six games. So it's very uh, injury concerns with him are significant. He was expected to be an explosive player out of Michigan, and he just hasn't been that um, in his career thus far. And he's also coming into a very crowded safety room with Kyle Duggar and Adrian Phillips there. Both had pretty solid years last year as far as IDP goes. They've had strong careers for the Patriots thus far, and that's something that Bill really respects. Patrick Chung was their safety for God knows how long because he knows the system and he's he was trusted. Peppers also hasn't been a big play guy. As people thought he would. He's only had four picks in five years and four and a half sacks in five years. He does play special teams, which adds the allure if your league scores points that way. But even in that aspect, he has been a subpar kick returner and punt returner in his career as well. He's not getting a lot of value out of that. And it's probably adding to his injury concerns. The only way he's valuable for your team this year is if Belichick decides to play him at linebacker. In my opinion, all he's going to do is going to be a value killer rotational guy for Adrian Phillips and Kyle Duggar because of just adding him into the the scheme. I don't think he's going to get enough snaps to be relevant, but he is going to be essentially like that second uh, running back that vultures touchdowns on offense. He's going to come in and do just enough or play just enough plays that's going to keep your players from having a really good week. So Jabril Peppers' safety now for the New England Patriots is my bus candidate for their team this year. The breakout is Jawan Bentley, linebacker. Jawan's taking over the middle linebacker role for the Patriots. He had over 100 tackles last year, over 200 the last two years, and they didn't address linebacker in the draft like people thought that they would. That tells me they believe in Bentley to hold the job down. Hightower's gone, Raekwon McMillan is Bentley's backup, and that dude can't cover a cold, so Bentley will be also on the field on passing downs. He's solid, consistent value that that's what the Patriots, that's what really just what the Patriots linebackers are. They've always had that guy that's just in IDP leagues, just goes out there, mans the middle of the defense, follows the rules of Bill Belichick, and then ends up with like 130 tackles. That's just what happens. Bentley is the next guy in a long line of these, these linebackers. When it comes to my player to watch, it's Josh Uche, 
linebacker. Now, uh, Uchi um, had three sacks in the first two games last season in his second year. Then he disappeared. Injuries, banged up, not getting the snaps, just not. I mean, he was unplayable, 100% like completely unplayable. He was a 2020 second-round pick. He was known to be a Ross prospect coming in. He had shown flashes, had a really big year, his senior year. But this is going to be a make-or-break year for Uchi. I I 100% think that it's a make-or-break year. IDP-wise, it might even already be past the break year where people aren't going to trust him enough to play him. But the Patriots' defense is going to make a decision on whether or not he's even a valuable candidate for their team. They didn't really go out and try to address the linebacker position, outside rush linebacker, that is. They've got some guys, but he has the opportunity to break out this year, but I'm not sold on it, so that's why he's on my players to watch list. The key is we need to make sure that he's getting snaps and he's producing. Then that might turn into a full-time role in his third year here. But Josh Uchi as a linebacker for the Patriots is somebody I wouldn't roster, but just keep an eye on his snap percentages because the talent is there. It's whether or not he's finally figured it out. Next team we're going to go over is the Buffalo Bills. And the first player that is my bus player is Vaughn Miller, outside linebacker. First off, he's not uh, living up to the contract that he signed with the Bills at all, so let's get that out of the way. That was just ridiculous. And last year, Vaughn swapped teams in the middle of the season and then won a Super Bowl, so everybody was happy. Fantasy-wise, this is the key. He plays outside linebacker, outside linebacker in a 3-4 defense. He's only eligible as a linebacker in most leagues, and he's only valuable when he gets a sack. Two games in the last 30, Vaughn scored double-digit points without a sack. As a linebacker, that consistency guideline is terrible. Linebackers are one of the most consistent positions in fantasy, especially when we're talking IDP. Well, obviously, because they're not on offense. But when we're talking IDP, linebackers are the guys that you get You set them and forget them. You get the guys that are going to get the tackles that are going to make sure that you're taken care of. If you're playing a Von Miller, you're praying for sacks, and you're probably playing a team that is well, like, better than yours, and you're hoping for a a blow-up game that might save your team to catch you back up. But as a linebacker in general, it's terrible. And to not basically be able to score points if you're not getting a sack is even worse. So he's not worth the highs and the lows it'll bring to your team, especially as year over year, his sack numbers dwindle. Wasn't a big deal when it was like 14, 15, 16 sacks a season. It's most games. Not so much anymore. I don't know how the Bills are going to use him, but he's not going to be consistent as a linebacker in IDP. Looking into the breakout player, Gregory Rousseau, defensive end. Rookie year for Rousseau uh, was pretty solid. 51 tackles, 4 sacks, 14 hurries, and 4 pass defended. All while playing less than 50% of all snaps last year. 
They removed some of the aging vets uh, that could help pave the way for for Greg to uh, gain more of a stranglehold on the defensive end position. They also drafted Boogie Basham in the second round, uh, but he only played like 15% of staffs. Rousseau came in, took over that role, and said, this is mine. And there were a lot of questions about him sitting out 2020 in college um, because he had such a great 2019, but then they're like, is that a one-year wonder kind of thing? So he dropped in the draft, and then he answered the bell, and the Bills got an absolute steal with Rousseau. Double-digit sacks are in his future. He's a great against the run defense as well. And in some leagues, I have seen that he is, when you have D-line split up with D-N-D tackle, he's still defensive tackle eligible, which is insane. I just, if that's the case, pick him up and be happy because that's going to be a league winner in that situation. My player to watch is Tremaine Edmonds, linebacker. He's he's a damn good football player. I'll just say that. He's the leader of this Bills defense. The reason he's on my watch list is because I feel he's hit his peak. 110 to 120 tackle guy with a sack or two sprinkled in. That's good. Consistent. But it's not world beating. He's never been the guy that has... An explosive, crazy game. But he's consistent. And the good thing about that is, looking back in the last 46 games, last three years essentially, only seven out of the past 46 games did he have less than six tackles in a game. That's some solid consistency. Negative on him, no real game-winning games. He's... Right in that wheelhouse, solid amount of points. He's going to be the guy that you just know is going to take care of what he needs to on the field. But he's one of my players to watch because I really feel like this is the point in time to see if he takes that next step or if this is the guy he's going to be for his career. Like I said, solid player. I'd love to have him on my team. But I want to know if this is it, if this is all that we're going to have out of this guy. Next team I'm going to talk about is the Miami Dolphins. Starting off with the bus player, it's Christian Wilkins, defensive tackle or D-line if if that's your league preference. This dude was a monster last year. 90 tackles as a defensive tackle. 90 tackles. 5.5 sacks and a receiving touchdown. Followed by one of the most fun multiple touchdown celebrations I've seen in a long time. He probably should have got flagged because I think he did three different celebrations during it. But it was hysterical, so I'm okay with it. Also, sidebar. Receiving touchdowns. I spoke about it before. You're playing IDP leagues. Make sure your defensive players can score offensive touchdowns. It's a different scoring category that your commissioner needs to set up. Or if you're the commissioner, you need to set up. Patrick Peterson there for a while was catching passes. They have D tackles come in as a fullback to rush it in. As I said, Christian Wilkins scored a touchdown receiving last year. Make sure that they're getting their one point for PPR, their yardage, and their touchdown scores because it's 
Nothing's worse than that happening and then that owner losing the game by four points and he never got the, the touchdown score from his defensive player. It shouldn't be any different. It's the same way as if you're, you know, when they put Gronk out on the field to try to knock down passes and, and tackle guys on Hail Mary throws. They should get points if they do that. So just make sure that you cover that base before it comes up or else it's a nightmare. All right, sorry, sidebar over. Wilkins is uh, is a great defensive tackle, and he's a great team leader, but I don't see him repeating this stat line. I don't see hardly anybody being able to repeat this stat line. 90 tackles is insane. Part of why he was so prevalent, Roquan Davis missed three games last year, D-tackle for, for the Dolphins. He was not at full speed for at least two more, which allowed Christian Wilkins to be more in the rotation. There's going to be a rotation in effect even more this year. They've got, you know, more D-tackle guys that they brought in. But will he be a good D-tackle? Sure, absolutely. Can you play this guy whether he's a D-tackle D-end or just D-line? I don't think so. I, it's a guy that you might keep an eye on early, but there's going to be regression coming this year for Christian Wilkins, defensive tackle for the Dolphins. My breakout player is Javon Holland. Second-year safety coming off a 69-tackle, two-and-a-half sack, and two-interception year. That being said, the first four games of the season, he only played 46% of snaps. Then, it was game on. Rest of the season, he only had one game under five tackles as a safety. was safety number eight from November on. The guy is a flat-out stud. He calls the plays for the defense, and he does it all. Rushes the passer, intercepts the ball, ball hawks, tackles. He has a 100-tackle season coming this year, and I expect him to finish as a top 10 defensive back. Javon Holland, in my eyes, is the best IDP safety from the 2021 draft class. He is leading the way of a new wave of these guys coming in. And I think that it's one of those things where, as I said on my What's My Age Again episode, safeties hit their peak so quick in the NFL and then last so long. You get this guy on your team and you got 10 years of a solid safety barring injury. Make that trade before the owner realizes what he has. Now, my player to watch is Jalen Phillips, linebacker slash D end. And first off, if he's not, he's not going to be valuable if he's only linebacker eligible for your league. So check your league, understand what the settings are. But if he's defensive end eligible or D line eligible in the league, continue to listen. He broke, Phillips broke the Dolphins' rookie sack record with eight and a half sacks last year. Yet, his year still felt very meh. This is what happened. They started training camp, had him as a linebacker dropping into coverage, something he did very little in college. During the season, they realized he's better at putting his hand in the dirt, you know, like he did in college, and go after the quarterback. So about halfway through the season, he started quarterback hunting. 
positives on this guy. Proven he can rush the quarterback. Once again, eight and a half sacks. By the way, that's one sack less than Von Miller had last year. 42 tackles. Negatives. I believe he's a 4-3 defensive end stuck in a 3-4 system. But this dude is a baller. He wants to be the best. And so I have no doubt that he's going to get better this season. Why do you say that? Here's a quote from him this offseason. It tells you what kind of competitor he is. He said, you can always tell the love a guy has for his teammates and for his family by how hard he runs after the ball. You're going to do everything humanly possible to get after that ball. It's a choice. I feel like you're kind of a coward if you don't. I don't know about you, but that's the kind of guy I want rushing the passer that, no kidding, is all about team, family, and feels like he's letting them down if he's not going as hard as he can every single play. That's a motor that I can get behind. So he's a guy that if he's out there, go ahead and grab him, especially, like I said, if he's defensive end eligible. Still, when it comes to linebacker, you're going to be sack-heavy relevant. You're not going to be a player that's going to win you many games. You might have a boom game, but picking those out is going to be tough. Final team we're going to be talking about tonight is the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets. Their bust player is C.J. Mosley, linebacker. This dude was great last year. I mean, really, really great. 168 tackles great and two sacks. That's big numbers. It was also his first game action in about two years. He was the only game in town last year. That's basically what happened. The Jets had so many injuries at linebacker, they just were trying to get anybody to play at that point in time. Moving safeties into linebackers, anything they could get to just try to get people on the field. I believe with the addition of Jermaine Johnson, a healthy Carl Lawson, still got Quinn and Williams up there, and, a, and then they added run-stuffing Solomon Thomas, who knows Robert Saylor's defense also, the opportunities won't be nearly as plentiful this year. C.J. Mosley, if he stays healthy, which is a big if with this guy, will come back down to earth. He's a 30-year-old linebacker. I think he's going to drop down to 110 tackle number. Once again, not saying that's bad, but when you're talking about getting 168, it's a little different. It's just like the foil, like a, a lock-in sorry, uh, conversation we had. It's just not sustainable with that number with what was going on around the team. My breakout player for the Jets is Jordan Whitehead, safety. After four years in Tampa, Whitehead's coming to the Jets. He's taking over for Marcus May, who went to the uh, Tours Achilles last year, but then went to the, um, the Saints. He's got his opportunity to shine. He played in a bit of a rotation in Tampa. That's kind of just what they do down there. But I expect him to jump up to, well, he's been averaging around 75 tackles the last four years. I expect him to get over that 100-tackle range. Just the nature of this defense bears itself beneficial to safeties. He had a few picks, 
Uh, and White, Whitehead is a week-in and week-out starter. I mean, he's just going to be a guy. Marcus May was killing it before his injury last year in this defense. The replacements have killed it in this defense. It just bodes well for the safety. We'll see if it's going to be, you know, if their cornerback upgrades are actually going to help the safeties not, you know, not get as many tackles. But I expect him to still come down on run defense and help, and they're going to be just fine. Look at Eric Reed's stats at safety in uh, San Francisco to know that there's just they're just tackle hosses when it comes to that. Finally, my player to watch for the Jets is Jermaine Johnson, defensive end linebacker. He uh, fell into the 20s in this year's NFL draft, and the Jets still got Johnson, even though they passed on him twice already, one at four and one at ten. He's a stout DN when it comes to rush defense and playing in Robert Saylor's defense. This will allow him to thrive. I think his value this year will be weak, maybe second half of the season kind of uptick. But his long-term dynasty-wise, I think he's arguably the third best defensive end to take in this rookie draft. He fell to a great situation where he's going to be playing next to some very solid players, Carl Lawson, Quinn Williams, Solomon Thomas. Even though Solomon Thomas has never been a good IDP player, he's a solid NFL player that takes some of the pressure off of Jermaine Johnson. The fact of the matter is, is that if the Jets' offense is getting as good as people believe, they are going to be winning some games, finally. Maybe. Probably not. Maybe. Probably not. But if they are, then Jermaine Johnson is going to have all of the opportunities to pin his ear back and go after the quarterbacks. That being said, he has enough talent. He has enough great players playing next to him. He has the opportunity to be successful this year, but he's my player to watch because I think we're one year out from him being a guy that you can trust to put into your starting lineup. Would I draft him? Yes. Would I play in week one? No. And I think that's pretty normal with a lot of rookie players. It's a little little tough to just throw them out there right off the bat. Well, with that being said, that is the AFC East division. Honestly, there's, there's some solid players that are coming out and a lot of really good young players That is what I like about, about this division. It's not just some consistent guys that have been there for a long time. There are some up-and-comers. I mean, the Dolphins have a couple few few guys that are really breaking out into their own. The Bills with Gregory Rousseau. Um, and I guess the difference between some of these defensive players compared to some of the other ones that I've talked about is a lot of those were more hopeful, whereas these I've, I'm very, very confident are going to take those next steps and are going to be guys that run this league for a little while. So this is turning into quite a good defensive uh, division, so it's be interesting to see how it plays out. With that being said, um, we're about a month and a half away from the start of the season. It's time to really start getting your knowledge redefined and understood. Once again, you got me every Thursday for IDP information. we got the Fat Boys Dynasty podcast on Tuesdays slash Wednesday mornings, depending on how late you uh, stay up. 
with uh, all your offensive dynasty needs. And then we got the flex on Wednesdays slash Thursday morning, once again, whenever you uh, get a chance to listen to them. And they're going over all of our redraft information. Right now they had a great episode about running backs. And uh, going to be honest, don't agree with some of their rankings, but they make valid points on why they put them where they are. So take a listen to that as well. Give us a like and follow. As I said, share us out there. Make sure that you are staying focused, staying hungry, and getting all the information you can to beat your league makes going into next year. That'll do it for me. I'll see you guys next week on Defense Wins Fantasy. This podcast has been presented by the Fantasy Holics Podcast Network.